so this is Christmas. Where have my points gone? Captain Sterling got four. And Balbuena got none. What a really shit Christmas. Alonso hit the post. And selling Salah is what I regret most. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the FPL Renegades podcast. Hi everyone, it's episode 6 of the FPL Renegades podcast. My name is Drew, I'm recording this on Christmas Eve, which is a, a good thing after the terrible week I'm after having. It's good that it's a, a nice positive day that will will help cheer me up. So I got 42 points for the week and it was looking a lot worse until the last game where Spurs absolutely smashed Everton 6-2. I had Harry Kane, so he netted me 15 points and helped to add a little bit of a gloss on what was a really below average week. So I got 20 points in that game between Kane and Richarlison. So like I said, it's good to end the week on a positive note, even though it was uh, a very underwhelming week. So other than the two lads, nobody else really did anything. Robertson got a clean sheet and everyone else blanked. My captain Sterling blanked uh, his first week in my team. He looked poor. He got subbed in the second half. It was a, a, a bad start to life with Sterling. Now, at the start of the week, I had two transfers in mind and I only made one. And I think I, I broke even there, so it could have been even worse. Now, my big problem was that I got rid of Salah and brought in Sterling. Now, when I'm making transfers, they're usually um, they're not short-term transfers. Usually a bit of reasoning behind them and looking ahead to maybe four to five game weeks. So it still could turn out to be an okay transfer, but... Uh, a terrible start to it. Salah got a, a nice haul against Wolves, looked bright. Sterling did nothing against Crystal Palace. When I looked at the fixtures, it looked like he did have a better fixture. And then with Salah playing Wolves away, Newcastle home, I think Arsenal and City in the next four, I just I fancied Sterling for that Palace game, so I thought it was the right game to get him in. Now... I still have a feeling that Salah's minutes will be managed against Newcastle. It's the only little bit of respite that Liverpool get in a, a tough run. So maybe that's wishful thinking, but if he is on the bench against Newcastle, that transfer will start to look a little bit more vindicated and we can judge it uh, on its full merits in a few weeks. Now, of course, there's no guarantees Sterling's going to play either, so uh, in a bit of a tough spot, really, with that one. Now, the other transfer... I was really uh, keen on bringing in Aubameyang instead of Kane. And I'm glad I didn't now. The The reason I didn't was I seen that Aubameyang played 90 minutes midweek in the League Cup. Sometimes I think we let these things uh, affect our judgment a little bit too much. Uh, rotation wasn't near as big a thing years ago. Players could play two, three games in a week. And they still can. I just think sometimes we let certain team lineups and... Uh, certain managers maybe cloud our judgment and 
Aubameyang of course did play at the weekend played the 90 minutes I think and scored a brace so I was looking down the barrel of another terrible transfer till Harry came up and uh, saved the week for me and what that means is I broke even on the transfer I think Kane probably slightly outscored him but I think I'm in a better position for this week because I have Kane at home to Bournemouth which is probably a a not slightly easier it is an easier fixture than Brighton away uh, Brighton's a hard enough place to go so I'm happy the way that one worked out not as happy with the the Salah to Sterling one but hoping that it might right itself over the the next few weeks so I got 42 points for the week uh, the average was 55 I went from 500, 500 odd in the world to 1476 so look if you had it told me that'd be in the top 1500 at Christmas I would have snapped your hand off I've had two good finishes in the last two years and the dream has been a three-digit finish and I got so close last season uh, finishing 1001 but with a bit of luck and if we uh, we do things right I think we can still challenge for that even though it is going to be hard and you do need a bit of luck on your side so onwards and upwards, even though I have moved downwards and we'll look ahead to game week 19. So it's that time of the week where I'll just fly through the weekend's action from an FPL point of view. Now I always try to do this quickly, but it is hard to wrap up 900 minutes of action in 10 minutes even. But we'll give it a go. So I'll start with Spurs. Like we said, they bet Everton 6-2. And they just look like a far better outfit when they have the four lads starting. Kane, Delhi, Ericsson and Son. They're all on the score sheet. Uh, Kane and Son got hauls. Two goals each. Two assists for Son and an assist for Kane. But just from a footballing point of view, they're just a far better uh, team when those four start. And over Christmas, we'll hope that they'll get as many minutes together as possible. And I think they should because, forget FPL, Tottenham are after being given a decent opportunity, just the way the results went with, City and Chelsea both losing at home they are only uh, six points off the top and if they can put a bit of a, a winning streak together they could put pressure on those teams at the top so like I said from a football point of view it would be great if Pochettino does uh, start them more often than not now I know there is a, a fine balance between rotating them and giving them a bit of a rest and also giving minutes to squad players like Lucas Mora and Lamella but like I said, they probably won't get a much better chance to really challenge again. Like I know they were up there a few years ago when Leicester won the league, but I can only see City and Liverpool getting stronger and stronger. Even Arsenal are looking a lot better under Unai Emery. And you'd hope whoever gets the manager's job at United can at least make them a a tougher proposition so the league is only going to get harder and harder and I think they need to take advantage of this I think I read that it's their best ever start to a season and just the fact that they are behind a few teams shows you how strong the league is at the minute so Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got off to a flying start beating Cardiff 5-1 now even as a United fan I'm not going to get overly carried away with that but the performance was a lot better a lot more encouraging they did play attacking football it was exciting we got the attack, attack, attack that everyone was looking for. Even when they were 2 and 3-1 up, they just kept pushing for another goal. Now, they won't get away with that against better teams. But Cardiff's home form was quite solid coming into the game. I think they'd won three on the spin. 
so even though I said I'm not going to get carried away, credit where it's due, uh, they did a good job and it just uh, made things a lot more encouraging and exciting for the new year. So Twitter went into meltdown and people are just clambering all over themselves to get in three, four, five, six United players. So obviously you can only get in three, but I'd advise a bit of caution there as well. I think we probably should be looking to have a United attacking player in two at a push, but I don't think people should be tearing up their teams or getting rid of other uh, great options just based on one game. So the standout player for myself was Lingard. He got two goals, an assist, three bonus. And I just like the way he links the, the midfield and the forwards. He breaks lines. He's got a bit of pace, good movement, shoots on sight. Showed a bit of authority by insisting he was going to take that penalty. And he is coming in at a, a nicer price than the likes of Pogba. Now, my number two would be the snake himself, Pogba, who looked an awful lot better in this game than he has all season. I don't know what that says about his in intentions or mentality, but it can only be a good thing for United if he is a happier person playing football. So he got three assists here, and even, even if he isn't on penalties, he does have a lot of strings to his bow, like his range of passing is great. He's always going to get assists. He shoots on sight, and again, his price is quite kind for someone who on his day could be an elite midfielder. I'd be a little bit uh, hesitant to get in either Rashford or Martial. And I know that's probably going against the grain. But when everyone's fit and firing, I do think that they might be vying for the one position. And they're just a little bit inconsistent for my liking. Rashford playing through the middle at you know under 7 million. It looks like a great option, especially with the fixtures coming up. And Lukaku's out for Huddersfield. And the way United played against Cardiff, if they repeat that against Huddersfield it is his place to lose I can't see Lukaku forcing his way in based on his form so far this season but in the longer term I think there's definitely a place for if you could get the Lukaku who finished up at Everton playing for United he would just be a a great proposition but unfortunately even last season when he scored quite a few goals he just never looked like he was fully on it or brimming with confidence so I wouldn't be too worried about him and he'd have to have a massive turnaround to even think about getting him in at his price not going to look at defenders at the minute even though Lindelof and Shaw at sub 5 million could be of interest but I just want to see how that defence pans out before making any kind of moves like that hasn't been great up to now and you'd want to give Solskjaer a little bit of time to see how he uh, gets that defence going before I'd start getting rid of people who I've had all season like there are Better options on form at present. The likes of uh, Doherty, Dina, the, the premiums that we have, like Robertson. I wouldn't really be displacing any of them to get any United defender just now. But I am looking to move on Balbuena. And if I could find another half a million, you never know. But like I said, I'm going to keep an eye on that one. Even though they are playing, I think, the, the lowest scoring team in the league next. So if you are interested in a United defender... And you're going to take a little bit of a, a leap of faith. Now probably is a time to get them in. Uh, Camarasa put away his penalty nicely. And he just looks like a great option at that price. I'm glad I have him in my squad. Even though he's going to be on my bench most weeks. I just know he's going to play nearly every game. 
he's on penalties now he takes a lot of set pieces Bamba probably should have scored from one of his free kicks and he's definitely a great squad player to have the next game was at the London Stadium where West Ham's winning run came to an end losing 2-0 to Watford now a lot of us are quite heavily invested in West Ham so this was a, a disappointing result but the likes of Antonio Hernandez Snodgrass Felipe Anderson were all involved and could have got points they squandered some good chances uh, from a defensive point of view I've ran out of patience with Balbuena got him in weeks ago and it's just been pain ever since their fixtures look so nice and he was so cheap and seemed to offer a good threat from set pieces that he looked like a no-brainer but it just has been heartbreak ever since West Ham don't look like getting a clean sheet even though they got one last time out that just looks like a flash in the pan and I'll be looking to move him on now I think uh, I was laughing at Watford's defensive record last week I think they had one clean sheet in seven and I said it wasn't interested in any other defenders so it was nailed on that they were going to get a clean sheet here still not interested in any of them uh, Holobas got another yellow card of course he did but they've some uh, pretty enticing midfield options that are making themselves looking like prospects Delefeo got another goal another nice finish his link up play is nice just a touch of class about him uh, I like watching Pereira it's uh, real silky footballer but it doesn't always uh, lend itself to actual FPL points but got two assists here three bonus and the two lads are good options I couldn't put anyone off them and there's probably not too many better options at those prices um, Decore looks like he's going to score a goal or get an assist every game even when he doesn't he's starting to return to that kind of form that he had last season where he was uh, a great asset to own he's a strange one uh it just doesn't seem too attractive on paper but he is involved in a lot of things and I, I wouldn't be too against getting in a Watford midfielder nobody else really of interest there Troy Deeney scored a penalty and the only thing I'll take from that is that he's going to eat into success's minutes now people who got him in a four and a half million they probably didn't expect him to start every game and as long as he's on the bench and coming on for some minutes you can still justify having him as your third striker. Newcastle drew 0-0 with Fulham. Surprise clean sheet for Fulham, but that was a boring match, so we'll move on next. Uh, the big shock of the weekend was at the Etihad, where Palace bet Man City 3-2. I watched that game, and I just, just wasn't impressed with City from the very start. thought they were just lacking something, showed a, a lack of urgency, no real great tempo, or they seemed to play within themselves, even when they went 1-0 up never really thought they got going and it looked like they just thought they had to show up to win they really missed Fernandinho nobody else in the team can really do that role and John Stones definitely isn't the answer when Fernandinho's out so Delft wasn't too bad at left back if he could nail down that position and who knows they don't have too many options when Mendy's out probably shouldn't be too worried about your man Zinchenko but Delft's cross for the the opening goal was lovely on his bad foot. He also had a great shot from range that was saved. And like I said, at his price, he could offer a bit of value if we thought he was going to have a run in the team over the next month or two. But City's clean sheets have dried up. But you'd have to think that uh, Pep will sort that out at some stage. At the start of the season, we were all you know, mad for their defensive assets. Now, Palace did a great job. Like, 
City would have felt unlucky to be 2-1 down. That was a bit of a sucker punch and there's not a lot you can do when someone's scoring a screamer like Townsend did. But like I said, I think they were asking for it a little bit and there just was something lacking on Saturday from themselves. Palace set up and did exactly what they wanted to do. Ten men behind the ball. Zaha is a, a great outlet. You know, he he runs into space. He holds up the ball well. He, he, foul, he draws fouls even. And even though I don't think he's an FPL uh, option at the minute, he, I am impressed with his uh, just general play. Uh, if you were looking for Palace players, you could do far worse than Milijovic, who scored another penalty, has a monopoly on penalties and does take other set pieces and has actually added a few goals from open play. So even though I don't really like those kind of holding midfielders, he does uh, offer a lot more than the likes of Kante and he's not a terrible person to have a look at. Townsend himself, like I said, he scored an absolute wonder volley and he could have had a second. He hit the post which led to the penalty. So he is a probably an okay budget option. I don't think Palace's fixtures are amazing, but that result's got to give them a, a lot of confidence. And the only other person I'll be looking at, I might be crawling back with my tail between my legs, begging him to take me back, is uh, Juan Basaka maybe in for Balbuena. Just looks like a quality option. And I think I've said it before, Palace are a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team, but they do have a clean sheet in their locker, particularly at home against some of the lesser teams. They will get clean sheets. So when I come back, I'll have a look at the second half of the weekend's action. Ralph Hasenhutl's Southampton got back-to-back wins. I'm going to try and say his name at least once per podcast. So 3-1 win away to Huddersfield. Not the easiest place to go. And Huddersfield are a strange team. Like they, they have a lot of the ball. They do create chances. But there's just something really lacklustre about them. Just on paper, their players are so uninspiring. And even though I've pointed out their Christmas fixtures time and time again... They're, they are really nice. There's just nobody I can see to get in. So Billing scored a, a long-range effort here. The Southampton keeper was probably at fault, but he does shoot a lot. And when you do take as many shots as him, you are going to get goals. You know, the keeper's going to parry it. You're going to get like random assists. So out of all their players, he's probably the best option. And if you're looking for a fifth midfielder, there's probably not too many better than him and Camarasa. Again, not really one I'll be looking to get in. Uh, Southampton, Ings got another goal, was fouled for the penalty and put it away nicely. And at five and a half million, he probably offers the best value in the game. It must be between him and Doherty. I got rid of him when he was injured, but I'll definitely be looking to get him back because he's such a good enabler. He is going to free up funds, but he's also uh, more dangerous than most strikers in the brackets above him. I don't think too many outside of the real heavy hitters are going to outscore him. And if he can put a bit of form together while maintaining his fitness, he's a no-brainer for me. Redmond finally got on the score sheet and his underlying stats are usually quite good. He's involved in plenty, but he just never has any end product. So I think he might be flattering to deceive. But if Ralph can get Southampton, 
on some sort of a run and he is uh you know center to all of that and does keep up what he's doing you never know he could be somebody to look at i haven't even looked at his price that's how little interest i have but i presume he is pretty cheap Hoiberg kept his scoreboard ticking over and again if you're looking for fifth midfielders I said you're probably not going to find too many better than Camarasa or Billing but I'd add him to the list another one who likes a shot from outside the box and he does seem to be getting returns regularly enough to justify him as your fifth midfielder now I haven't really looked into it but I wonder if there would be a case for getting two of those three in and freeing up funds somewhere else if the whole template moves and you know if having two premium strikers becomes a thing or if the defenders pipe up again and we're all raving to get them in it's just something to keep in mind that there are some budget enabling midfielders who are also weighing in with returns quite regularly so on to Chelsea against Leicester and another surprise defeat there for one of the big guns Chelsea lost 1-0 to Leicester now I keep saying there is a, a bit of a musical chair with the, the real premiums, especially in the last few weeks. But Hazard's not someone I'll be looking to get out. People were uh, getting him in in their throngs this week and I didn't see too much to make me want to move him out. On another day, he could have scored a goal or two. He hit the woodwork. Schmeichel made a great save at his near post, got a big hand onto a shot. Like I said, on another day, he could have had a haul. So he does look like a good option playing through the middle. I did have my doubts, still do, but on the evidence we have so far, it looks like it could suit him. Uh, Leicester's two main men combined for that goal. Madison set up Vardy and Vardy's just so good at those finishes, just blasting it into the net. He, uh, he's just uh, weirdly priced for me. I don't think he's worth that kind of money. If he was a little bit cheaper, he would be a great option. But for me, there are better people in, in midfield and up front where I, I'll spend my funds. Not really overly interested in any Leicester players at the minute. Like I said last week, they just have too many middle-of-the-road people in and around the same quality and price. And none of them are really making themselves stand out as as players we need. So no real interest in Leicester. Alonso again hit the woodwork and... It's like he's just teasing owners. He's giving them just enough to want them or make it a, a hard decision to get rid of him. Every week, there's a lot of could-have-beens. But he is on a bit of a bad run, points-wise. And again, he seems like an easy uh, scapegoat, especially if you're looking to find funds for elsewhere. He's an easy person to move out. Bournemouth won 2-0 against Brighton, and it was one of those where player who had a, a promising start to the season, Brooks, who had quietened down a bit, quietened down enough for people to want to sell him, came back to haunt him this week, scored two nice goals. He looks like a player, so he does at, I don't know what he is, he's five, five point something million. He, he's good value, so he is if, if you don't have the likes of Wilson or Fraser, and you'll save a bit of money if you want Bournemouth coverage. Uh, I don't think their fixtures are overly great either and I might be looking to get rid of Wilson myself so I won't be looking to get Brooks in but if you have him at that price just keep him He's uh, I think he's going to do enough to justify having him in your team 
but people are going to be going nuts tearing up their squads to get United players in so they mightn't be looking at those options Wilson played 90 minutes but wasn't involved in any of the goals has a couple of tricky matches coming up so couldn't really recommend getting him in if you have him I wouldn't put you off selling him either like I said that's one of my dilemmas this week Brighton didn't really do a lot another red card for a centre half looked like Dunk wanted Christmas off even though he was quite unlucky like his uh, second yellow card was stupid but the first one was I think it was a case of mistaken identity so he was unlucky to be sent off Arsenal bet Burnley 3-1 uh, usual story there they look good going forwards but just don't look like they can buy a clean sheet even Burnley scored against them and could have scored a couple more uh, Aubameyang scored two lovely goals and punished anyone that thought he might be rested including myself like I said he was someone I thought about bringing in but I didn't and after that early match on Saturday I was left wondering whether I was going to be left to rue that one uh, Kolasinic just looks great again down that left hand side if you just uh, ignore the fact that Arsenal probably won't get too many clean sheets he looks like he could score like a, a mid price midfielder he's just so attacking he gets down the flank and puts in so many balls and he's going to get assists, he's going to get bonus so it looks like a good option there was doubts about him playing so I think some people didn't get him in others even sold him and that would have been a painful one Lacazette is, he's an easy one now I suppose, it's just frustrating, uh, he looked like he was going to be a, a great player for them and it looked like it was going to be exciting with him and Aubameyang playing, even when Aubameyang was moved out to the left, they still linked up nicely and they were putting serious points on the board but Lacazette does look like he's second choice at the minute and not really an option. And we'll wrap it up with the league leaders Liverpool don't like saying that too often but it is a fact so they bet Wolves 2-0 a bit lucky to keep a clean sheet but Van Dijk is just a monster just a great defender uh, he's looking quite dangerous from attacking positions as well the last few weeks he's got a couple of assists got a goal in this game and just a great bit of business even at 75 million and a few weeks ago people were looking to double up on Liverpool defenders a lot of them had Robertson and Trent Alexander but if you're looking to double up now, Van Dijk looks like your man. Uh, Wolves were unlucky not to score. Had some chances themselves. Doherty just looks so dangerous. And I still don't have him in my team. And can't really find a way to put him in there. But he just frightens me. Every Wolves game, I'm just waiting for him to punish me and ruin my rank. But if I could find an extra million to upgrade Bennett to him my uh, weekends would be a lot more relaxing and chilled out. So Salah punished anyone that got rid of him this week, including myself. Uh, had a lovely finish, set up Van Dijk for the goal, just looked nice and bright. And that's one of my big regrets of the season already. Even though I was, I was talking in the intro about I won't judge that transfer until I have some more evidence and we have... A few games to go on. But at the minute it's looking like a, a big failure. Now looking forward to game week 19 in Hope. And the only real positive about my bad week is this season. Anytime I've had a poor week I seem to bounce back the following one. 
So we have to have high hopes here. And we do have the the fixtures and the players to be quite positive. The only thing is, with it being Christmas and it's the same time and time again, sitting in the pub on uh, Stephen's Day or Boxing Day, whatever you want to call it, and you see the lineups coming in and it's just uh, devastating sometimes. Five, six players on the bench, but I also have fond memories of the likes of Kane last season just going on a, a rampage. So we'll be positive and hope that the troops can serve us well this week. So I keep talking about getting rid of Patricio, but I still have him and he's playing Fulham, so no need to worry about that. Then we'll have Robertson and Alonso at the back and probably Dina. Midfield looking decent enough with Richarlison, Sterling, Hazard, Felipe Anderson. And up front, I have Jimenez and Kane and Wilson. So Wilson has a tough fixture there and I think his next two are are not nice. So he could be on the chopping block. And looking here, I probably have three that I could move out. I have two free transfers, so I could use one of them or two of them. I could even take a minus four if I think it's going to get my team into shape for the rest of Christmas. And that's the thing you need to look at here. Uh, looking at my team, I'm quite positive for this game week, but you need to find a balance between having a 15 that looks good for this week, but who also will cover you over the next uh, three to four fixtures, which are going to just come thick and fast. So I need to sit down and look at my transfers in real depth. But like I said, if I want to get in a United player, I might have to sacrifice someone like Felipe Anderson, who... I would be I wouldn't be overly uh, comfortable getting rid of them especially they do just have the best fixtures for outside of the top 6 and they are scoring quite frequently even though they blanked this game week they do look like a, a dangerous team and it could come back to haunt me but if you're going to jump on that United bandwagon you need to get someone out and he's at that kind of price where I could get the likes of Pogba in I can downgrade him to Lingard. I could get Martial in. So we'll have a look at that. The bench then is Camarasa, Bennett and Balbuena, who I probably will move out either way. I think they're far better options that might keep a clean sheet for me. And he is just uh, trolling the shit out of me at this stage. And I'll be a, a far happier person when he's not in my team. So... Looking at my captaincy options, and there's only one man stands out. Harry Kane, home to Bournemouth. Uh, be expecting a, a big score from him. And like I said, with Tottenham putting themselves into a position where they should be looking to challenge for the title, look, looking to put pressure on those top two, I don't think they can afford to be playing the likes of Lorente. I suppose he could play Sun through the middle, but... I think Pochettino even has to put out his best 11 in that game. So Harry will be my captain. I don't have too many other options, to be honest. Hazard away to Watford. Sterling away to Leicester. Neither of them fill me with huge confidence. Like Sterling could uh, pay the price for a poor performance last time out and uh, be benched. You never know. Hopefully not, because he has got a bit of a rest in the last six weeks and should be quite fresh so hopefully he's back and raring to go in the next game so yeah Kane as my captain and transfer wise 
it's going to be Balbuena out and we'll be looking to get a United player in and also there is a a question there about Wilson with his tough fixtures now I'm not overly sold on him but I could just do Wilson straight across to Rashford even though I think he is inconsistent he's a little bit of a bird brain and I prefer him to be a bit more composed before getting him in but I have the money like it looks like just a straight swap I mean United's nice fixtures over the next few and Bournemouth tricky ones maybe it's one one to have a, a proper look at so hopefully I'll be in the pub on Stephen's Day celebrating a massive score and looking ahead to week 20 I'll have a very quick look at our two weekly segments that we have on our FPL Renegades Twitter so our Renegade Captain Poll didn't go too well this week after a nice run of uh, returns we blanked Anderson got 70% of your votes and was our captain this week now all we can do is put out decent options and hope that you guys will pick the right one and not let us down so when you do there's not a lot we can do I suggested Ings this week he would have kept our run going just saying but look Anderson did look like a great choice and on another day he could have been in the points so for those of the, you who don't know, it's just a, it's a competition between the three of us where we're looking for a differential captain, someone who's not going to be widely picked as a captain who has a, a chance of going big. It is just for uh, bragging rights for the three of us, but I've said it before, hopefully as the season goes on, if we can start nailing these uh, left field choices, people might look at using them when they need to make ground in mini leagues and the like. We'll probably look to get a poll up either later on today or in the morning and hopefully get back into a, a winning run. Now, even more disappointingly was our Renegade squad where we lost back-to-back -back games for the first time this season. We lost to FPL Tony, who bet us 50 points to 46. So we are struggling a little bit with the budget. and There was talk of trying to increase it in some way. But I think it is it is just an equaliser. It is fair because we have the choice of three squads. So the fact that we're, we're struggling to get a 15 together that we're happy with, I think it does just make it a level playing field. So we might keep the 100 million budget for a while anyway. Um, on another day, we would have won that game. We were between Sterling and Aubameyang as our captain. We only lost by four points, so it could have easily been a massive swing. And it was just that League Cup 90 minutes for Aubameyang that put us off. So again, you just got to be careful with how you interpret all the information. So we lost that one. The prize is a 50 euro Amazon voucher and a Renegades mug. And the most we've lost by is four points. Two people have bet us by four points now. I think FPL Tony this week and at King Arthur. Now we're going to have to find a way to settle that, you know, get a head to head to see who is actually the winner between them two. But I'd be shocked if someone else didn't beat us by more than four points by the end of the season. So it might be irrelevant. I haven't checked the points, but we might just go for the person who scored the most points in the week that they bet us. Offhand, I think that might be Tony, but I'll have to look back and check. Anyway, if you want to play us, we're probably not going to do one of these for every game week during Christmas. It's just too busy and hard to 
get the three of us to sit down and agree on a squad but we'll definitely get one or two out and if you have any interest just like share the post and we'll be happy to play you okay so i have a few questions i'm going to try and fly through now brendan gleason's beard great username and a big friend of the show asks how many united players should we be looking to get in and i would say less than three and more than zero definitely wouldn't be tearing up my team and getting rid of established proven players from this season just to fit in a few united midfielders on the back of uh, one good win i can see uh, a lot of people talking about getting rid of richarlison and that's madness to me uh He's shown a consistent side this season. He's involved in nearly everything Everton do. Has the ability to haul, but this season he has been adding. Just points to his game where it looks like Everton aren't going to get anything. So I definitely wouldn't be looking to get rid of him. Um, when you're looking at it really, you're looking at the three lads in midfield. Martial, Pogba and Lingard. I've said it already, my preference there is Lingard at the minute followed by Pogba. There's just something about Martial that uh, I don't like as an FPL option. He He's quite wasteful in possession. He runs into people as much as he runs by them. It sounds strange, but he's nearly too economical. He doesn't shoot enough for me. You can guarantee he's going to put away one, or, one of the two chances he gets per game. He, his finishing is good and his conversion rate is usually... Uh, it usually seems unsustainable and I think by the end of this season that'll be proven. I don't think he can keep up. Uh, I think earlier in the season it was 40%, even like 30% plus is just crazy. And I prefer my uh, attacking players to be getting into positions and shooting a lot more regularly than he does. So could be proven wrong. He's a, He is a quality player but he's just not my cup of tea from an FPL point of view. Then the other obvious one is Rashford up front. Even though I'm thinking of bringing him in for Wilson, it's just a case of convenience rather than really believing in that transfer. Again, there's something about him I just don't fully subscribe to. He isn't the most composed in front of goal, even though he does finish well at times. Now that sounds like a contradiction, but I think when he does get into decent positions, he does have a tendency or a... He has the ability to miss good chances. He uh, can thrash at certain shots and again, I'm not completely sold on him. But he does have his fair share of uh, set pieces. He's scored a couple of free kicks this season. If he's playing through the middle, happy days. But even if he's out on the left at 7 million, he could prove to be good value. And with the next few fixtures coming up, coinciding with Lukaku missed the last game, it looks like he's going to miss this upcoming game. And if Rashford, you know, keeps on it, it's going to be his position to lose. So I think it's a a punt that is probably worth taking. Not going to look at any defenders till we see what the the defence looks like in a few games' time. Just can't uh, fit any of them into my team. And I would want to see some uh, clean sheets before I start getting them in. But I said earlier, the likes of uh, Lindelof and Shaw could become... uh, enticing if they do look to shore up that defence next question comes in from Steel 5 and he asks are Man City a spent force now that's a big uh, conclusion to come to based on one game uh, even the best sides 
have off days. And the thing about City is they've been so good over the last season and a half that even when they do have the odd off day, the quality is there where they've been able to get over the line. This is one of those rare instances where the performance wasn't quite up to scratch and they also didn't get the result. But I wouldn't be uh, jumping the gun there and getting rid of their players. I still think we need to have a couple of Man City attacking players in our teams. Their uh, schedule isn't too bad. And I say it time and time again, City are one of the few fixture-proof teams. We talk about fixture-proof players, but their whole team is nearly fixture-proof. Um, they have that massive game now on the 3rd of January against Liverpool. And they can't afford to lose that. But in between, they have to really uh, make sure they, they rack up a couple of wins and keep the pressure on Liverpool. They're playing I think Leicester away next, which isn't an easy game, but you'd still expect them to get to three points there. And after that, they're playing Southampton at St Mary's. That's an interesting one, just with the, the good vibes that are all around Southampton at the minute and the improved results and performances. Like We're not going to get a repeat of the... I think it was 6-1 when they played each other earlier in the season. Can't see that happening again, but they need to get six points on the board before they play Liverpool because Poole are playing Newcastle at home. You'd expect them to win that and then Arsenal. Arsenal were very uh, good against Liverpool early in the season, but I don't know. You'd still have to make Liverpool favourites in that game, the way both teams are playing. Arsenal's defence hasn't been great and... If Klopp freshens things up against Newcastle, he could have a, you know, a strong, fresh squad to choose from for the Arsenal game. It's turning into an interesting title race anyway. Uh, as long as uh, Liverpool don't stay top until the end of the season, I don't mind a bit of drama or for them to you know, make it interesting. But just to repeat, to answer that question, uh, City definitely aren't to spend for us. When you think of some of the players they were missing in their starting eleven for that game, Aguero and KDB were on the bench. Uh, Fernandinho and David Silva are out injured. Like not many teams can absorb, uh, missing a quartet like that, and it says a lot about the the quality of their squad that they have been able to. Not have their best player for most of the season and still have looked uh, scary in patches. Like don't forget, like it's only a week or two ago that people were talking about City as the, the best team in Europe so I wouldn't let this one blip uh, kind of blind me to their obvious quality and they'll definitely be there or thereabouts at the end of the season I'd make them favourites still for the league and that is our wrap episode 6 in the bag so thanks to anyone who is listening uh, please do share it around let others know that there are other podcasts to add to the rotation if you, if you do a little digging, you might find a hidden gem <laughs> like this one. So if you did enjoy it, check out our FPL Twitter. It's FPL Renegades, at Renegades FPL. Like it, retweet it. Like I say, just help us get this up and running. And hopefully over Christmas, we'll get the three of us in for the first time. So the three Renegades all together, having a few drinks and talking about football. Do you know, you can't beat it. And I always say it will be a lot more entertaining and interactive and engaging than myself rambling on for half an hour, as difficult as that might be to believe. So I wish you all a very happy Christmas in FPL and outside of it. Hopefully 
we're not too ravaged by rotation and we get plenty of green arrows. So thanks for listening and chat to you soon. Good luck. We're in a cage of fire.